Woo, it's an end of a Wednesday, but I'm getting it up here. If you're listening on a Thursday, happy Thursday. I hope you guys are having an amazing week. I am Emily Schramm, Meathead Hippie, and I first want to say a huge thank you to my sponsors, Ned. They are the first official sponsor of this podcast, which has been so fun. It is a very amazing CBD company. I think of it as like when I was growing up and everything hurt, like, I have a headache, mom, drink some water. That's not what she sounds like, but I can't sleep drink some water. Like that was my mom's answer to everything. And that is now my answer to everything. And I think you guys might have been aware of the beautiful benefits of CBD. We have in our own endocannabinoid system. CBD just helps enhance it. So it's different for each person what the benefits are, but the benefits are there nonetheless. So it's been really cool. I am grateful for Ned because it's just two ingredients hemp extract and organic MCT oil, and it's made in Colorado. If you're interested in it at all, please check it out. You can just use the code MEATHEADHIPPY for 15% off of your first order. Huge shout out for being my first sponsor. Um, You guys know that this stuff is super fun for me to just talk about what's on my mind. MEATHEADHIPPY to me is really a combination of I am multidimensional. I am not linear and I never will be. So when I think of my meathead side, this is like, I love to lift weights. I want people to feel strong. You are strong. How can I help you tap into that? And that's where strength training comes in. Um, I'm very excited because I'm actually signed up for my first in a very long time, Olympic weightlifting meet happening in June, which is, I'm like uber meathead right now. But if you are interested in strength training, you got to learn how to do it well. And I have a free eight-day program. It's linked below. It is so powerful to learn about imbalances, why you might have shoulder issues, shoulder stability, shoulder instability, knee issues, quad dominance, hamstring depletion, (laughs) or just inactive hamstrings. It's a really powerful, comprehensive program that I put together and it's free. So if you're interested in it and you haven't joined it, go check out the videos. Each one comes with a workout that you can do. So it's basically a free eight day strength program that you're going to love. I've been hearing a lot of questions on my strength programs and it answers a lot of them. So as always, you can tap into support at emilystrom.com. If you are not sure where to go, we have some great things happening, a new rebrand, a supplement line, you know, just, it's going to be so cool. But for now, that means I am stuck in, um, I have to be more hippie because I am in such a transitional stage learning how to not just do, 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 but be, be, be. And I think all of us are learning that. How can we co-create? How can we work in alignment without getting burnt out? How can we let things happen and just surrender. And I thought it would be really fun today to have somebody else come and talk to me about that because I could talk and talk and talk all day, but I want somebody else to engage in the conversation. And so for episode 101, I brought in Jill, who I will introduce in just a second, but she's an intuitive healer. And I just, when I think about like this week, how crazy I was and I got my tarot cards read, it's just this amazing, I don't know, like everything is a circle. Everything comes back around in its own time. We have to be patient. We have to trust the process and you have to surrender. And so that this conversation is really just all of that in one giant dose of conversation. (laughs) I don't know if that made sense, but anyway, I'm glad you're here and um, please reach out, leave a review if something resonates. Uh, Every episode, you can leave something so I can see what you like, what you don't like. And you can also email that to support at emilyshom.com. All right. Enjoy the show. See you next week. (laughs) 
I'm Emily Schramm, the ultimate meathead hippie. Welcome to the show. Welcome back to Meathead Hippie Podcast. If you're listening, I'm Emily Schramm, nutritional therapy practitioner, personal trainer, empowering you to empower yourself. And I have a very special guest, Jill Pollard, who has been on my podcast before, but we have I think both of us are just booming with things to say. It's Mental Health Awareness Month. We are both in so much of the process. You're actually a part of my retreat, which just launched and sold out. That's happening in September. Um, And instead of just doing kind of a Emily talks about things that she loves, which I'm going to be doing, (laughs) I wanted to just have another person conversing with me through the same thing. So it's just more of you guys listening to the same conversation that you would be having with me or you might be having with others. And uh, I just am so glad that you were able to do this with me, Jill. I'm so grateful to be here. I'm so excited about this month too. And even like um, what you're saying, like the processes, I think both you and I have been laughing about all the different things we've been like waiting for and whatever and the timing and It just feels so fun to be able to talk to you about it here. Yes, it does. And I have been writing down because I have started doing more kind of solo tangents and podcasts and journaling and writing just random words. And I've always done that. But like what the first thing that I wanted to just address was something that's been on my mind a lot of uh, kind of the sense of anxiety we get when we feel like we're not doing the right thing. We're not doing enough. Maybe we missed out on, on an opportunity or the right opportunity is not going to be timed right. And so the first thing I wrote that I wanted to address was live your whole life as if the right people will hear what you are saying at exactly the right moment, no sooner that is needed and never too late. And I feel like that was like the epitome of the surrender and this process that I'm in with surrender, because even though we're helpers and we want to just do the work, there still will always be, no matter how enlightened we are, this sense of, I have to do more. I should do more. I could do more. And just this reminder of just live your life. Like the right people will hear it and the right people will see it exactly when they're supposed to no sooner and no later. Do you think about, I do a lot of times when I get really um, emotionally charged or driven, or I'm going through something. I think for me, I always think of the one person that needs to hear it. Like when I'm feeling overwhelmed with like how much I want to share or how deep I want to go, or like the bigger picture of something that I want to be doing, like you're saying, like when, you know, trying to figure out that timing, whatever. I always come back to my center by remembering that at least one person needs to hear how I'm feeling, meaning that like the human condition, the experiences we have, we pull ourselves into like loneliness so often, like our anxiety, our loneliness, our like confusion, our unsurety, when in reality, the vibration of what we're going through exists in the world as vibration and therefore somebody else is likely experiencing it, whether their wavelength of it is saying the same things in their head or whether their heart is just experiencing the same things. I always rely on the fact that I'm alone in what I'm feeling. So then sharing what I'm feeling is important because somebody else is likely in that space. And anytime I like share from that space and give from that space it does come back, whether it is that one person or 10, um, 
when I trust that type of thinking, you know? Yeah. And I think that's the work that's so important to know that that vulnerability, even though that word's used a lot, but that, that sense of, I feel so uncomfortable and I'm sharing that experience of my uncomfortableness is like, it zings people in exactly the right moment. And I think that's just, it's so obvious when it's forced versus just your authentic self. You know what oh, I mean? Oh gosh, isn't that the truth? There's a lot of forced vulnerability out there right now and it you can just feel it and know it. Um and one of the things you just said reminds me of how much what our experience is is like this spectrum, meaning that we oftentimes want to categorize what's going on in our life as like, these are the good times and these are the bad times. And we're constantly trying to like push ourselves towards the good times and suppress the bad times. And in our vulnerability, usually we're bringing up those unease moments, the fear and doubt, and we're sharing that we're human or that we go through these things. And I think part of like one of the things that I've been trying to share and talk about for mental health awareness is that the things that you feel and experience aren't bad. Like somewhere in society, we have decided that certain ways of feeling are not okay. And that's why there isn't a conversation around those vulnerable topics is because whether it was family shame, religious shame, et cetera, we found it too scary to talk about our our feelings, to talk about our depths, to talk about how we're feeling when we're a little bit more in darkness or sadness or overwhelm or anxiety. And we put those on the spectrum on the end that's like, these are not good feelings. These are good over here when I'm happy, joyful, expressive, all those things. And I always try and like remind people that the human experience includes all of them. And the more you can learn to accept them inside yourself, the more beautiful you will connect and love others, that you will see yourself through others, that you will feel less lonely um, because we tend to take those more negative spectrum, you know, according to the world, and we shove them down and we close them off and we keep them tied up in our body, which then manifests as dis-ease and, and different ailments and confusion yeah. and then that anxiety buildup. And so if any of you out there are like feeling emotions that are considered on that spectrum of like bad, try and rewrite that story that you're telling yourself that these are just an experience that you're having right now. These are just parts of what's going on right now and sharing them and being present with them. Um, ugh just provides so much relief. I don't know. Like, well, it's just similar to anything, you know, my stomach hurts. Okay. I live with stomach pain. I am someone that has stomach pain and a sensitive stomach. And that's the story versus my stomach hurts. I'm curious about that. Where did that come from? And now I have control, even though it's already happened and there's nothing I can do about it now. I now have power to change it in the future or to be aware of it before it happens in the future. And that in itself is this awareness that gives such relief in so many ways, you know? So uh, we've talked about this a lot in my Facebook group. I've, I've felt the heaviness in ways. I feel like I'm, most of us are coming out of it, it feels. But the last couple of weeks being very heavy of 
feeling all the things. And kind of the example I love is you are either swimming in your thoughts or you're a boat in your thoughts. You're on a kayak Mm. and you realize I am not the waves, but when you're swimming in them, you don't know the difference. You have to work with it. You're literally like, oh, here it comes. Oh my God, hold your breath. And it hits you and it hits you and it hits you and it hits you. And you are exhausted and swimming and treading versus having a, a boat that you are in. And so when you realize and recognize that you're your own boat, you have an ability to have some sort of separation between the waves and between your body, you might get splashed, but you still have so much more control and there's a lot less effort that has to go into it when you're riding that kind of turbulence that we're, that we're stuck in. Um, and And I like to remind people of that, that boat is a piece of like consciousness inside of your body that you can connect to and float in to become the observer. Like it's, it sounds so far out there. And like, if you haven't experienced it, you might not be sure what I'm talking about, but like that analogy is so perfect. And in the fact that like, when you're caught in the thoughts, that whole process of like the waves are hitting you, you can't come up for breath. Like everything is overwhelming, over, over analyzing, over stimulating. And then for me, like it always takes coming back into my body. So like even going back to the analogy of the stomach ache, like, okay, so you start out, you start overthinking, you're caught in the thoughts. Now your stomach's hurting, your body's anxious, your heart's, you know, beating faster. So then you go into the body and you start to observe the symptoms that are happening from the thoughts. And the, 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 crazy thing is that our bodies and our minds are communicating. So sometimes something starts in our body first as a symptom. And then it sends energy to your brain to create thoughts to perpetuate what's going on in the body. And sometimes we start with thoughts that then go into the body. Like it's this crazy connected way in which we work. And so to become the the boat, to become the person on the boat, to become the person who can float on the waves and water Mm. takes the practice, I think, of centering inward which is hard to do. I mean, I don't know about you, but when I am in a busy day and I forget for hours to like connect to myself, to breathe a little bit deeper, like it's so easy to be drowning. And then for me, I've had to identify and know that there's another place inside of me that I can be the observer of what is going on that is making me anxious, that is making me overwhelmed, et cetera, you know? Yeah. Uh. <laughs> You're not crazy, people. We're not, well, we're all kind of crazy, but in the good yeah, way. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, I'm going to move to something else I wanted to talk about. So there's okay. a lady named Shani Nichols, who I'm obsessed with, and I wanted to read this to you. She does a ton of uh, Zodiac type of like, hey, there's a full moon. This is your astrology in the full moon mm-hmm. kind of work. Okay. And she just is a great Instagram follower or follow, but she also does emails. And so this was one part of her email. And I actually posted it in my story, but I just wanted to dig into it more. It says, change in vain is just shifting what doesn't work from one place to another. Change in vain means we still have to deal with what didn't work just later or under a different light. In order to actually reinvent a part of our lives, we have to allow the required shift to roll through our entire being. Changing one thing in earnest changes all other aspects of self. And I love this because I feel for me specifically how often I'm 
changing, 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 want to work on things, want to work on things. And sometimes maybe if it keeps coming up, I'm just simply shifting it and shifting it. And so I thought, well, what is that one thing that I'm going to change in earnest? If I just focused on one thing and I put all my effort into the millions of things that I could be better at and I could work on and I could be a better Emily for, if I just focused on one thing to change and I added in earnest to the end of that, then what would that look like? And I just really enjoyed that. I would love your thoughts on that. Well, have you ever noticed, I mean, as somebody, I know you kind of love the inner work and, and that's what I, you know, when I work with my clients, we're always getting to the root of these things. I find time and time again, when I'm having a part of me, I want to change when I'm having an external trigger, when I'm having things go on that are causing the disturbance, when I go back inward and I investigate and I go deeper and then I go a little bit deeper with it. I always find that the same root is almost always there. My like lack of worth and my not enoughness, like behind all of the, the stories that I might have around my body image, the stories I have around my relationships, the stories I have around mothering, anything that are active parts of my life. If I go deep enough, I find that most people have a deep, deep pain of something along the lines and everyone's is different, but as an example of like unworthiness and not enoughness, like, would you say that at their root sometimes, do you ever find a common theme that is actually the thread through all of the parts of you want to change? Have you ever? Well, we've worked together and have found some common threads for sure. Um, I think it's, you know, and yes, of course, like always worrying you know, this, like, am I running away from something? Do I not like to be still? Why am I in this kind of frantic need of pursuit of happiness? Like, what can I do next? What can I create next? But then also, um, I think it's more of just understanding. I think this goes into the next thing I wanted to talk about was what is the purpose and the why behind it all and how Mm -hmm. often that can change, you know, and, Mm. and so allowing flexibility for it to change, but also knowing like, if I'm sitting there manifesting shit and I'm like meditating and putting all my energy into something, uh, what is that thing? Like, what is that thing that I truly want? And does that hit home for me and not for other people? Does that really resonate with what I should be doing versus what I could be doing? And so, it's kind of this, yes and no, like it, it never feels, you know, after going through the work quite a bit about worthiness and even like the work with you and tarot cards and ayahuasca, like the deep rooted, I am worthy and I am capable. That doesn't resonate as much anymore. It feels more so, even though I think everyone's going to have a stage of going through it, it's more of um, this sense of like this calls me and I love it and I want to do it and I'm going to keep doing it. And then it gets to this point where all of a sudden we're doing it to just do it because we created it. And now we have to bring it back to, well, what was it that made you create it in the first place? Mm -hmm. What, where do we need to change? And this is just a little bit of where the businesses are and as they grow, but this can work with anybody in any phase is the phase of saying, well, this change, um, this change is very clear. This used to fill me up and give me energy and excite me. And maybe some days it still does, but at the 
uh, the majority of the time, this is draining and exhausting. And why am I doing this? Because anything that's draining and exhausting is not in alignment. I believe that full heartedly. Like I could have a thousand things on my plate and be in complete flow and never tap into adrenal stress because they're meant to be done. Um, but when there's something off, even one thing on my plate that might not be exactly in alignment with me, not to say I don't have to still do it, but, but that's when I have to create more space because I know that it's more taxing. I know that it's harder for me to do. I know that my adrenals are going to feel really shitty the next day if I do it. Um, but yeah, I do it anyway. So I'm in the cycle of how do I know when to take a step back and know that, uh, wait, why, wait, why is this on my plate? Why am I doing it? What am I doing it for? Instead of just going through the motions to do it and do it and do it. Mm-hmm. And I think that, it's funny if we take the time to sit with that specific, let's say it's like a specific thing you're thinking of business related or whatever. Um, if you kind of look at different areas of what it is, um, there's this concept from a gentleman named Kyle Cease where he talks about your tens, like what's a 10 for you. So if I'm on a scale from zero to 10, are the employees involved in this a 10? Are the, is the product a 10? Is the, the, the feeling behind it is the why behind it a 10 anymore. And if it's not a 10, you need to cut it out. So meaning that like, if you took something as an individual, you know, the thing that's causing the most stress in your life, whatever you have going on, what parts of it not only can be delegated or changed, but like, for me, it always comes back to going back into my body and sitting with it as a full entity, as like a full thing. So if it's like, let's stick with like the business analogy, just for the sake of like people understanding, if you took that, that part of a project and you sat with it, and then you kind of looked at all its different windows, meaning that we are like mind, body, and spirit, like what's the mind, body, and spirit of, of a business. And like, what, what's working for it, what connections are working and which ones aren't, what's stressful about it, et cetera, et cetera. And where do you fall off? And then from there, one of my favorite parts that he talks about, um, once you've identified what's not working, first of all, gaining the strength to cut it out, cut out the part. Because what if the whole vision is still working, but it's a few of the people involved, a few of the um, products are just not a 10 for you and you pull them out and you're only sell- if you're only selling the 10 product, imagine the energy. He always talks about the energy that would be behind that. Imagine the expansion that people will feel when they come into contact. But if you have like too many things that are not tens for you, they're going to feel discomfort from you or whatever. And then from there, one of my favorite parts is take back into your body that there are infinite possibilities for what the outcome of this thing in your life is that you're kind of not feeling a hundred percent with. Meaning that once you get comfortable with it, you're in like a couple possibilities. Oh, we can do this with the business. We can sell, we can da, 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 da. instead drop into the space of infinite creativity, go back to the drawing board with what's there and like bring people who build with you the energy of possibility. We are constantly limiting ourselves. We are constantly like, this is our only option. This is our only whatever. And when we think in the realm of possibility, that is co-creation with the universe. That is when we drop into a space of like divine connection and other ways of thinking, doing, acting. And we spend so much of our time limiting, fearful, afraid, you know, Mm -hmm. Anyways, (laughs) well, I'm just, I mean, this is my experience. Everything is a 10 right now. So there's no, there's nothing that's good for, 
I have nothing I've ever created. I don't, I wouldn't have businesses if they weren't a 10, right? They're only meant to be out there because I believe in them so strongly. So I think on the flip side, my argument is that you can still get really tired. Like there's Mm -hmm. still, you can still be in tens and still feel like, Hey, there's only, I'm still, I'm not a superhero, even though I believe I am in some ways. And we all are like, there's a limit to that. So I think for me, it's, um, this is the process of surrender of there's physical and then there's spiritual and there's mm-hmm. an ability to, when your physical capabilities have been completely exhausted, literally or figuratively, you have to understand the co-creation that can happen when you take a step back, because even though everything's 10, there is only so much that you can do in the spirit, in this physical realm. There's energy only- expenditure, right? Yep. We have to rebuild the energy, which mm-hmm. comes with rest and, society says, no, no, no to rest. Go, go, go. (laughs) Totally. Uh, So it's interesting. It's been a really fun process of, I've been forced to put, be put in a position where there is no other option except to say, I have hit my cap physically. My team's a 10, my products are a 10, yet I'm at this point even sooner than I could be. Like, it's like a pressure cooker. I got there a lot quicker because of the things that I have going on with all five companies. And now all of a sudden it's saying, well, are you your own limiting factor because you need more physical support? But that's not the case. It's, I need more support spiritually. And I am going to ask for that. And the only way you can ask for that is completely surrender. And I was talking to uh, Bradford about this because we watched Kim Swims, which is this new documentary. And she's an incredible swimmer that like swims all the seven channels, the hardest channels. So it's a kind of like rite of passage of yeah. swimming these horribly cold, intense swims that I don't even know who would want to be on them. Like there, it's like 50 degree water for 35 hours, like just nonstop swimming, no flippers, no fins, no bodysuit. They just swim. And she swam all seven and then decided she wanted to swim from San Francisco to the islands off of San Francisco, which, um, have like great white sharks all around them. And so she's like swimming. She trains, she knows what to do. She has done long tragic swims before, but then just kind of just starts crying of saying like, I have to surrender to fate. And that is the hardest part is that you there is a point where you did everything that you possibly could physically and you have to say, I completely surrender to this unknown circumstantial divine intervention is the only way this is going to happen or not going to happen because I did everything I could. And so that's like, oh, that's the work of this week and kind of just the message of like what's on my mind of how you can get into that place without feeling lazy, like you said, without feeling like I just need to do, do, do to fill this space because I'm used to just doing, 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 but that's not surrender. Um, I just so much that ties into that word. It's like the word of my meditation mantra too, which has been so cool that it's kind of like come to this full circle. So I would love your thoughts on surrender. Surrender is such a potent message and so important in this life. And I think what makes it safer, what makes it feel really good is when you can identify it with and connect with surrendering to 
The greatest energy on this earth is what they describe as love. Now that's defined by society. We see that in relationships. We see that defined in many ways, but like vibrationally, there is a clarity that exists. And when you surrender and can bring your body, your businesses, your life and alignment with the greatest love that exists, meaning that you let go. So you fully believe, have faith, whatever. It's like the most profound or divine things can happen. But the process of surrendering, like you're saying, honestly happens at first. There's so much fear when we surrender. Like, am I doing enough? Am I going to, is the, is the fruit of my labor going to pay off? Is, um, you know, I don't know, just all the different doubt and fear. And for me, when I take surrender into my body, besides surrendering thought. So for me, I have to make a full body visceral experience of it, meaning I'm such a person that takes the depths of what it is that I'm desiring, the depths of where I need to go into my full body. So first, you know, we have the the mind that needs to surrender because it's the one that's going to be gossiping and telling you and talking to you the whole time. We need the heart to surrender because when your heart is calm and in, it's called like heart coherence, where it's just at ease. So surrendering the heart space. And for me, this is like through, like you're saying you practice meditation, fabulous way for us to practice surrendering is first going into our body and inviting in the energy of surrendering. So an example is just closing your eyes, breathing into your heart and asking your body to show you what does it feel like if I were to surrender right now? So many people would feel that weight fall away, that trust enter into their body, that they are connected, that the things they are doing are enough. And then going beyond the heart into the deeper parts of our body, into the belly space, into the womb space for both men and women, when we surrender deeper and deeper and deeper, we'll actually feel blanketed in safety. We will feel it from a space that is not logical, but a space that is divine, emotional, like the deeper feeling part of our our knowing that when we surrender, all is well. Like for me, my mantra for surrendering is all is well. Mm -hmm. And so when my mind is going chaotic of like, is this thing going to work out? Is this, am I doing enough? Uh, You know, oh no, oh no. All the things that the mind does, I have to come back to my body to even just the word of surrender and invite it in as an energy because your body has so much wisdom that you don't tap into. And when you give it, a little bit of time. So for me, it's going quiet. It's going centered. It's going inward and inviting oh, the things that fall away. The fear that's crippling and holding me in my headspace drops down and falls off. Like oh, it's so much relief mm. when you bring it into a full body visceral experience um, with the power of a word, with asking surrender to show up in your body. And being truly open to it, right? Like we say in our head, we want it. And then we have all these, like you said, this protection, all those mechanisms that we've created in our life since a kid or whatever to not allow us to go that, like our armor Mm-hmm. is not going to come off. Right. So we're just there. And that's something you've worked on a lot of like this armor was there to protect you, but it's no longer serving you. And knowing how to like 
truly, if we really want it, like feeling it in the heart almost feels like the way to say logically, I know this is what I'm supposed to do. Similar to like logically, I know I'm supposed to say five things I'm grateful for because that'll open me up to the present and abundance and all of these things that we've started to hear more and more of. But like you can think one thing but unless you truly feel it, your whole cells, your, all your cells, your whole body, your, your tissues are going to retaliate. And so this disconnect from head to heart, you know, understanding like, what is the intention behind this? What is like, can I truly get into the space of surrender? Not because I think I should, but because I really am ready for it. And I think just saying like that in itself, like, out of head and into body can just be really powerful to know, like we're not just going through the actions and saying the things we're supposed to say, because you don't really feel it when it's just like a phrase from a book or a quote that we read. Mm -hmm. Like it's just, you know. For me, I'm a pretty dedicated person like that. Like if I'm reading something, I have to take it into my body as truth. And and to be gentle, like one of the thoughts I was just having is like you said, like as a logical species and we've lived in our head for quite a few generations and we've been really living um, away from our heart space. When you begin this process, as we're, as we're talking about bringing surrender deeper, you are going to find the challenge first. Like, don't be ashamed if like when you try this process, it's too hard, it's too tight, it's too unfamiliar. You're like, I don't get it. Or when you do do it, let's say you're inviting surrender into your body. What if things release that were holding you back or thoughts come into your head of old times or ways that you are, or parts of you that you want to hold on to that you're afraid to let go of, or that you won't be loved if you surrender or allow that to be a part of the process. Part of one of the things I know, Emily, you're passionate about sharing with, with your following is that it's okay to feel. So when you're scared to surrender, be present first with the scared part of you, surrender to the scared, and then you'll drop into the surrender of like flow and love and gentleness. Like there are layers and that's okay too. Like that's okay that in your process of surrendering, it's not going to all look pretty. Again, remember that spectrum, like there is not good and bad surrendering. When you read it in the book, you're like, oh, surrendering sounds so great and flowy and like all the things. No, no, no. Surrendering is a process. We get to experience all the depths of it. And at its truth, it's going to feel good and in the flow and divine. But at first, you get to experience all of the things that are going to come up in the meantime. And that's where we got to practice that gentleness with self. The fact that your body is a living organism and it has shit stored in it everywhere. So when you go inward, when you're bringing it down in, when you're getting connected to that heart space, things have to move, get out of the way as you create a whole new you that's expanded, strong, like... Doctor um, Doctor Joe Dispenza. Uh, I love him. I do too. He does. He. If you guys haven't seen the documentary Heal, be sure you add it to your list, and you can see him in person. Um, but he's done work for over twenty five years, probably after mm-hmm. healing his spine through just visualization and meditation and tapping into the, all the things we're kind of talking about. But I love what he talks about. I listened to him on a Marie Menounis podcast, and saying something about how 
we expect, you know, when we decide that we're going to change something or we're surrendering the old, you fucking hates it. Like it just comes back in Mm -hmm. whiplashes. And so the work really isn't in the decision. It's in the days that follow of recognizing, Oh, that's the pattern. And I choose no longer to participate in that pattern. And that's where we struggle. Cause it's like, we assume that it's just going to be the hard part of surrendering and releasing and just Oh, yes, I feel good. But that's like the easiest part. The hardest part is the patterns that kind of come and want to take us back to that place that we were when we're just, when we're, our, our body wants so much more than that. But there's little reminders of like who we were and we have to step out of that. And it's okay to have those moments of humanity, right? Like, oh, oh yeah, I'm, I'm still human. This still is going to come up and I'm not going to judge myself for that. Yeah. And when you go there and are able to give yourself the own, your own space for that, meaning like you can hold space for yourself. You can see the parts of you that are dying away. You can see the parts of you that are in pain, having fear, et cetera, et cetera, as you're learning to surrender, you will become a better um, support system and love for those around you. Meaning that the farther and deeper you can hold yourself, the more you are capable to hold another. And part of this human existence is our connection. Mm -hmm. And the more we can provide that space for ourselves, the more we can provide it for others and find the fulfillment in connection, which is a huge part of probably, you know, even while you're doing your bounds, why you are doing your brands and I'm doing my thing is because connection is what fuels us. Mm -hmm. And when we connect to ourselves first and hold space in a way that is sometimes terrifying and hard and whatever, we become less projecting. We don't need ourselves seen and heard as much by others because we hold and love and experience it for ourselves and then can share in ways that are more whole instead of, like I said, projecting. We can hold others in that space without needing to change them because we can see that they're in process, Mm -hmm. which is you're the name of the retreat, like being in process. Um, and, oh, I just find it so funny. You're bringing up Joe Dispenza. I'm reading his book, Becoming Supernatural right now. Me too. Oh, so good. And <laughs> the practices are, are changing my life. Um, uh, mm. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. I got my tarot cards read, uh, this week. Cause I was just, I mean, oh, it's been heavy. It's just, I know all the change that's been happening in my, life and in my business and letting go and kind of coming out of this workhorse, go, 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 and really releasing and surrendering and figuring out, okay, well, what can I do and what can I delegate and what can I give away? And that whole process is just, it's a lot. I mean, it's constantly changing and I'm just so ready to be there that, but I'm not there yet. And so it's this moment of, um, you know, just getting tired because you see the end light at the end of the tunnel. But like I talked about in my podcast, M's last 10 years, it was kind of like my 30th birthday podcast that I did end of the last year of you see the light at the end of the tunnel, but you realize that they're actually, it never gets closer. And that's the, the human, we have to realize that, right? You think it's close, but it's never going to get closer, but you can get to different portions of the tunnel and be just as happy and celebrate in that instead of seeing this end goal, because the end goal is just a facade. So it's well, it's been- more like the end goal is en- encompassing feelings and experiences that you want to be having. And Joe talks about that a lot. Like part of what we're seeking in this life are feelings of, you know, we want to feel love. We want to feel joy, happiness, like again, that spectrum, but more importantly, like really the vibration of those feelings 
mm-hmm. makes us feel lighter, makes us feel more in alignment, makes us feel, oh, for some reason the word holy comes up. Like, I don't know, it makes us feel really good. And he talks about um, even though we specifically are dreaming and that light at the end of the tunnel is this end goal, is this part of us, is this idea that's going to be dreamed into reality. He just as importantly talks about the feelings you're going to have when you have it and bringing those like into your body in the now. Mm -hmm. And honestly, like if you practice things like that, the way it washes over you, like you just, you find joy in that journey. Like you said, like maybe you'll never get there, but suddenly you just love the journey because love and joy and happiness have become a part of it because you're seeking the feelings instead of just the end product. Like, do you know what I mean? Like when people get obsessed with like, when I'm a millionaire, I'll be happy kind of lifestyles and mindsets. What they're really seeking is probably um, comfort, ease, like financial stability, stability and energy, like all the different things that they think the million dollars will bring them. But what if they just focused on the feelings that they really want? And started to see them around them because oftentimes it's just your consciousness picking up on what's around you when all of it exists around you. Mm-hmm. When you think that you are in lack, you also have abundance surrounding you. You you just might not be able to see it. And that's hard to hear. I'm not saying that's always the case. And sometimes we really are in these ruts. But do you have a pillow under your head at, bed, at night? Do you have a blanket? Do you have... Um, I don't know, like, and and everyone's living in different states. I'm not trying to like yeah. judge that, but no, like, where can we turn gratitude? This is a huge piece of um, what Emily Fletcher talked about in my podcast of how she brings in with manifestation and understanding the feeling of it already happening as now. So it's the same thing. I think they've all. Mm-hmm. Um, who else is? Yeah, Neil. I'm forgetting his last name. There's so many people that this is the art of manifestation, right? It's not saying. I want this. I want this. I want this. It's saying, what are the things that that makes me feel and feel it right now? And then what happens is it triggers that reticular activating system, which when you think of a blue car or you want to buy a blue car, like the example, see it everywhere. You see it everywhere. You're like, oh my God, everyone has a blue car. I never noticed this before. Maybe there wasn't an influx of blue cars. Maybe it was just your brain all of a sudden looking for those things subconsciously. That's how powerful it is. It's like so cool how that works. So why would that not work with um, the good and the bad? Like I see negative. Oh, yep. This happened today. Oh, yep. Spilled that on my shirt today. Yep. Well, I, as somebody who suffered uh, for a long time from mental illness, um, a lot of my patterns were based in noticing the negative and the things that were going wrong. And my depression perpetuated itself by being addicted to finding those parts of myself that were failing. I was addicted to finding the parts of myself that were unlovable. I was addicted to shaming myself in bed at night, spiraling again and again and again. And that's one of the things that helped pull me out was, was some of this thought process that we're talking about right now. And also identifying that I wasn't everything that my head was saying, like that I wasn't, not everything that my mind spoke was true. And that comes to like, for me, that was a the untethered soul by, um, Michael Singer was a book that taught me how to separate from the voice in my head and also Um, open my heart space and become more connected to other spaces that exist in my body and not just be addicted to the chemicals in my mind, Um, which Joe Dispenza goes into the science behind what we're talking about right now, about how the nervous system interacts with our thoughts. Mm -hmm. Um, And, and I'm sure there's, yeah, there's just so much more information around this, but as a plug on mental health awareness month, like 
there's there's a lot of different whew, conversation to be had around the topic and it's good. It's important. I think um, the untethered soul. Remind me his name again. Michael Singer. Mickey. There's a, yeah, there's a really good Oprah soul soul oh, conversation yes. with him. I loved that one. That was so good. Go that listen one. to that after this. Um, the last thing I wanted on my list of random random shit to talk about for episode 101 <laughs> was um, there's a book I'm reading. This thank you Ethan for sending me this book. I loved it. It was wonderful. It's called The Happiness Equation. Uh, by Neil Pasrika, Pasricha, and he started off with doing a blog that reminded me of my mom, but it was like a thousand amazing things. And he would write, my mom, even when I was a kid, would have like a gratitude journal, like just write number one, Mm -hmm. this is what I'm grateful for. And just like wrote all the way into the hundreds and hundreds and hundreds in this spiral notebook. And that's what he did, but made a blog out of it and then turned him into a really big best time, New York Times bestselling author about happiness and all the science that kind of goes into this living your best life and understanding that you can want nothing, do anything, have everything. And um, it's just so fun because I, what he talked about was a little bit of the Okinawa population of how they live longer than everybody. Mm -hmm. So this like connection of happiness and longevity and studying them in this thing that they call the Ikigai. And so Mm -hmm. their purpose, and I wanted to know, I want everyone actually to do this, but he, for his wife and him wrote it and it changes, but for the most part stays pretty steadfast and writing it on a piece of paper and putting it on the side of his bed and reading it to each other every morning and just that like why and that purpose behind it. And I think that was like really, it really struck home of like, okay, because if I'm pulling this in, if my thoughts create my reality, what do I truly want in this world, right? Instead of wanting everything, can I nail it down to three things of what I want to do, at least in this moment? And I thought that that would be, I would love to hear yours because you do such powerful work and have done such deep work with yourself. And uh, what are your thoughts on like a, a one or two line purpose of Maybe, maybe it's for all of us to think about and marinate on for next time. Um, but like, what is our ikigai? Like, what is the three things that we would love to make sure happen? And then I, I dissected mine quite a bit because it was like, well, is that for me or is that for somebody else? Or is that because I think I should? Or like, what truly is that purpose? And I struggled with it more than I thought I would. Man, that is a really deep, good question. And I feel like with where I'm at, my answers would be like just really deep on like where I would want to center myself every morning in my purpose. Like for me, I want to be connected to the divine and I want to be living, gosh, this is like so out there, but I want to be living as the wave instead of the particle, meaning like I can be so obsessed with me and what's going on in my life and what what I want to create, but instead I'd rather live as infinite possibility and like open myself to what the divine is going to bring that day. And when I do, God damn, what shows up is insane. Like I just, am like when you surrender to the divine. So like for me, um, were you saying just to be more specific for, for the audience, like, um, you were saying it's three things that are like three things. Cause I could, I mean, he had like two things, I think. Um, his wife had one thing. She was a teacher. And so she just wanted oh. to like build leaders. And he, part of it was like, I changed it to like 
you know, finished my book, but then went back to like helping others live their happiest lives. And yes. And um, saying, I want every, every person to know their worth. Mm-hmm. Um, when I, when I recenter in my business, when I recenter in myself, I want to radiate that message, whether it's, you know, it can come in a, in a minute conversation with a neighbor or as big as working with a client or as fun as being a part of your retreat, like any of the spaces that I'm in, I want someone to know their worth. And for me, that means a lot of different things. But when I center in that, when I read that for myself, I feel, yeah, like centered in my purpose. Um, One of the things that I would add to that, that I find power in is that he does that in partnership, meaning that him and his wife do it together. And I think as a species, we've gotten very lonely as we like live in, in nuclear situations. We either live alone, we live with a partner, we live with our families alone. We don't live in community very often in American culture. Which is a huge piece of Okinawa. Like that's- their biggest piece, I think more so than the food that they eat, it's the community that they live Mm -hmm. in. And when you do something (laughs) collectively, and when you both have purpose or are speaking your purpose together, um, you feel in purpose. And so uh, the book Lost Connections by Johan um, Hari, Johan, sorry, Lost Connections, read it. Um, He was talking about that, that in different cultures in America, if you show Americans a picture of a leader with an audience, all of the most Americans will notice the leader. They will notice the leader as the person um, and then tell you about the scene and the, and the followers. If you ask uh, different Asian cultures and different, I can't remember which countries in the world, I apologize for not knowing the exact statistics, but if you ask them, they notice the group first and then the leader. Mm. And um, I find that so fascinating. And I think a lot of times we are craving community. We're craving a coherent space that we're all working towards something. And that's why we find so much strength in you, Emily. Like when we get to be a part of your platform or hear your message, we want to be behind that. Or, you know, people who follow me and, and, and I'm talking about mental health and I'm talking about healing your body and those things. Like we want to be a part of these groups. And, um, if you could start every day in purpose with speaking that to someone and with someone, I feel like there's so much power in that. There really is. Um, <laughs> so this is what I came up with so far. And I don't okay, know. What's yours? Maybe I'm overthinking it. <laughs> no. What? No. Well, I think I am. But to empower and connect others and to create every single day. Mm. So that's what I got from my Ikigai. My Ikigai. But when you take that and close your eyes and put it in your body, doesn't it feel huge? Like, doesn't it feel perfect and like divine and like expansive? The details in it might make us contract or feel like we're like, I feel it in my throat. I need to say so much more. I need to do more. But then that's the whole (laughs) surrender thing, right? It's like, no, if that's my intention. It will um, come through you no matter what. If you live in that ikigai, it will come through you Mm -hmm. no matter what plan you have. Oh yeah. gosh, the power in that. Listen to that. Like if you center in that, what could come through? Like instead of worrying about the details, holy crap, that's big. <laughs> <laughs> Yours is too. <laughs> oh. Oh, I hate that I have to go. I have to go no. film things. It's okay. You guys, this has been so fun. I hope you've enjoyed this because I just, I wanted to mix it up and there's nobody else I'd want to talk to besides Jill. So she's <laughs> just amazing. Um, go follow her at Oh Hey Jill Pollard. Yep, the best place. Jill Pollard. And then my website's jill-pollard.com. 
Jill, and we'll, we'll see you in September in Denver, Colorado, and then going mm-hmm. to Estes Park, which uh, if you missed out on the retreat, we sold out in 12 minutes. So it was very easy to miss out on the retreat. Yes. We were overwhelmed and so excited about this response, but that means there's going to be many more to come. So don't worry. We got more coming. Absolutely. We're going to connect yeah. and empower all the time. It's going to be amazing. Um, <laughs> yay. yay. Okay. Well, happy Wednesday, everybody. And Jill, thank you so much for doing this with me and I'll see you guys next week. Thanks for having me. Bye.